When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, it's a huge night for all of the 18 clubs and hundreds of kids uh, around Australia and their families, of course. Plenty tonight and tomorrow night will get drafted and others won't. And for those who won't, you know, there's plenty of other pathways into the competition uh, these days. But for those who do, um, it is a life changer. Kim Beetson, the Sydney Swans General Manager of List Strategy and Recruitment, holds to a large degree, Kin, uh, those hopes and aspirations of so many in your hands. And you've got a significant hand to play tonight. Thanks for joining us on the show. My pleasure, Andrew. So this close, it starts in, what, I don't know when the first call name is going to drop, probably around about three and a half, four hours' time. What are you doing right now? What's what's your what's your um, focus? Yeah, um, specifically, I've just stepped out of a meeting with our list management committee who's flown down from Sydney in preparation for the night. For the night. So um, what we're discussing at the moment is just all the various scenarios that may occur tonight uh, regarding trading of selections. And that's a, that's a large part of the modern draft, a lot different to what it was in the years gone by where you'd simply sit there and call name by name as they fall. But yeah. now it's a lot more complicated than that. <laughs> Gee whiz, can you? That sounds oh, like a, a lot of hypotheticals that you could come up with, but uh, that's all part of the challenge, I suppose. And one of the conversations that uh, was bubbling around that Andy and I had last Friday was in regards to your list and uh, your willingness to offer up picks 14 and 17 uh, in order to either upgrade or even for, for next year's uh, draft. How is that panning out firstly? And and secondly, uh, how do you go about doing that? Is it just a matter of picking up the, the phone and calling up uh, all the other clubs? How does that all that work? Uh, well, there's a few parts to that question. Um, firstly, regarding trading up and trying to get in earlier, I don't, can't see that ha- happening now. Um, the clubs that are holding the first sort of eight picks very few of them are willing to consider trading back. Um, there's a bit still going on with Essendon, I believe, but um, rightly so. What the Bombers are looking for to, to go back is uh, beyond what we're prepared to trade, so that won't happen. And then the second part of that is we've got selections 14 and 17 as it stands. They'll become 15 and 18 once the bid for right. young Will Ascroft comes in. Now, they're the ones that we may consider depending on who's there when it gets to our selection, but also what they're prepared to offer. Um, And we've made it really clear to the clubs, we're not in um, a hurry to trade those selections out. We're more than happy with the depth of talent that's there. But if we could go back a bit in the second round and secure something decent as as a future selection, then we will consider that. And that's what we're working through right now, is what are the limits on all that? Because uh, we know what picks they hold, etc. So we've got to be really clear in our mind before we get there, what's our cutoff points? Otherwise, you can make mis- uh, mistakes by getting just emotionally involved mm. in the process. Uh, because there's, a, there's going to be a lot happening. And I would think it's going to be a long night. Because I think a lot of clubs, when it comes to their pick, they'll sit there for a while waiting to see whether they get an offer 
too good to refuse before mm. they put in their selection. And is it possible mm. with those 14 and 17, is it possible for that to be packaged up for something for next year? Now, the complication with that, I guess, is you don't know where someone's going to finish and what pick that they might have. But is there, are there provisions around that? Is there a way in which you could do that as well? Or would you consider doing something like that? Like they do in other sports? Or protected? Yeah, well, yeah. well, you can. There's a couple of complications to it. One is, if you want to take out your first round selection, similar to what occurs in the normal trade period, you've got to have a letter of authorisation from your chairman enabling you to do that, and that's got to be forwarded on to the AFL. So that's that's been done. But there are also other um, commitments that you've got to make regarding trading out future picks. You can only trade out X amount, um, and if you trade your first, then you've got to hold your second, etc. So it's quite complicated in terms of um, the mechanisms by which you can do those trades. But fortunately, I've got a, a guy working with me, Chris Kane, who's a, a jet at that stuff, and I leave that up to him. <laughs> yeah. so, so you talked to Gazy before, mm. Ken, about the scenarios and the diff and the changing nature of the draft. How much more complicated? You're not going to be able to sort of tell us about all of the complications. We'd be here for hours, I suspect. But compared to where it was when you first started doing this, is it unrecognisable? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. I mean, when I started, uh, really only the only players that were off the target were um, father and son players. Mm. Uh, then there were academies. Then there's NGA players um, and the limits whereby clubs can match those bids. Um, you've got DVI um, index points attributed to every draft selection, so you're trying to keep an eye on that. If you're trying to match a bid, that is, either Father and Son, Academy or NGA. And then, of course, you've got the complication of trying to keep an eye on the future, which is very speculative because, in my mind, future picks are a bit like Christmas presents. They're, they're wrapped up in beautiful wrapping <laughs> with a, a great shiny bow on them. And, and we've seen at a glance the talent they've got, but we've done nowhere near the volume of work that we've done on, on this draft pool in terms of their backgrounds, their, mm, their mm. character, their attitude to hard work, um, their site profiles, their GPS data, um, everything else that um, we take in consideration when we're getting our draft order done. So, mm. Yeah, compared to in years gone by where you'd simply sit there and just call the next name that you thought uh, was appropriate when it was your selection, it's miles away from that now. Mm. And uh, we, I've heard stories, obviously, in a different sport where there's a whole bunch of tomfoolery that goes on before a draft in order to get to the destination that you want to do. There's leaking of stories about picks that they have absolutely no interest in. But because of the various combinations that they figure there's a way in which that, that can give them a better chance of getting their guy. Uh, is it the same in the AFL? Do you have those types of things that, um, or is it all pretty much at this stage in particular, so close to it, pretty much as you'd expect? As you'd expect, Gazy, to be honest with you. I mean, relatively compared to the States, etc., we're pretty small in terms of the, the talent pool that we can consider for the draft. Mm. Um, there's only 18 clubs. You've got to be very careful with your relationships with those clubs and the integrity you have and you want to hold within yourself. I mean, if you start fabricating stories and stuff like that and you get caught out, mm. well, good luck maintaining good relationships with the other clubs because mm. they just won't deal with you because they can't trust your word, mm. nor should they. Mm. Ken, earlier in the show, we were having a chat about the vile abuse that 
Harry Sheasel, whether he found it or not, um, has been subjected to. Um, what do you know of the? I don't. I've never met the kid, but I'm sure you have. And well, can you tell us about him? And is he likely to be affected by these horrific comments that have been made? You know, toward him. Um, Andrew, um, Harry and his family—they're outstanding family, uh, great people. Um, I would hope that Harry uh, can see through all this, that it's a minority of people um, and be able to just get on with it. But personally, I think it's just a disgrace um, that these people find a forum where they can make these statements. They've got no knowledge of the kid or his family. Um, It's just shocking. And if if the AFL had their way, we should find out who these people are and ban them from attending AFL games for the yeah. remainder of their lives, mm. in my opinion. It's just, it's inexcusable. Uh, we can't accept it. Um, it's, yeah, in a word, it's just shocking, in my opinion. Should we, be, should we keep calling it our kin? Absolutely. Like shine, I mean, shining a light on it is what I'm getting at. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's no place for racism, mate. End of story. Mm. Um, and it shouldn't be tolerated in any form. I was listening to Will Ashcroft talking about him the way we should talk about um, Harry Sheasel. In fact, I listened to he and Aaron Cadman with um, Jared and Cornsey last week, and you, you won't hear slightly different characters, but equally as impressive, the two of them. But I was listening to Will Ashcroft talk about Harry she- talk about Harry Sheasel, and I think he was asked if he didn't go number one, who would he like to see go one? And he said Sheasel, and he couldn't have been speaking more highly of him as a player. Is he is he that sort of unique talent? He is. He's at the moment we've seen him play mainly forward, and he's very crafty um, as a as a medium forward. He's he's deceptively strong overhead, but he's he's crafty in the sense that he can bring his man up to the ball, lose him, find space always seems to be in front of the drop of the ball. But he can also go and do his turn on ball. Sandringham Dragons, the club he played for, had um, a big midfield group that they could run through there so they didn't have to rely on Harry. But, yeah, he is a pretty unique talent and it wouldn't surprise me if he goes very early. And, you know, I hear that North are really keen and wouldn't surprise me if they did draft him because of those reasons. Well, they've got picks two and three, so that's pretty high. Can you do? You're a man of severe influence. Can you just make? Can you do something mm. before your time's up in this game? And you've got plenty of years left in you before that is the case. Can you encourage someone to show more of these games? I understand it's not high school and it's not college football mm. of a caliber that we see in America and the money and the and the, all that. But we people like me want to get to draft night and know more than. We do. We want to have seen mm. more of these players. We want to be more invested in the draft from not from a from a. We understand the player. We've seen the player, and we have a an idea about that player. Can you use your significant <laughs> influence to get more of these games on tally plots? Uh, I don't know what influence I've got, Andy. But <laughs> look, it, it frustrates the hell out of me. But but what frustrates me more is we've got a new VFL competition. You know, the best second tier competition in the land behind the AFL. And the lack of media on that competition was just staggering. Mm. Um, there were, from my recollection, there wasn't a, um article in the Herald Sun or The Age about the second best competition in the competition. Well, pretty hard to promote players and attract players to play in it if, it, if it's not promoted. I mean, the sample and the waffle, um, albeit 
you know, clearly different states, etc., in different markets. But God, they've got features on their news, their TV stations, uh, the Adelaide Advertiser that have full supplements on the teams, the scores, the best, uh, what's going on in the competition. We've got nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah. In the best competition in the comp behind AFL, it's just staggering. And, and yeah, the, the, the apathy towards promoting you know, this part of the, the football calendar, the draft, yeah, I don't know who, who runs it, mate, or whatever, but, yeah, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah. Ken, good luck tonight. Yes. You've got a significant role to play. It's um, You've generally been picking good ones uh, for a long time. You've got so much young talent bubbling through your group anyway, and tonight you get the opportunity, you know, if it stays the way it is, to bring in another couple of handy ones. Good luck. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your interest, guys. Good no, luck. Always. Kenny Benson, uh, Swans General Manager of List Strategy and Recruitment. Quick, we've got to get to a break. Right. If, if there was under 18 footy on the tally, how many people would watch it? Would you find it? Mm. Would you actually watch it? If you've got a yes or a no, either send it through on the, on the tip Andy, of text or give us a call on the other side of this. I'll get your views oh, then as well. Uh, oh, oh, 